Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the podcast. We're talking about Samuel Taylor Coolridge. Um, probably a lot of static in the background right now. There's a storm coming down outside. It is noisy. It is it is pounding down right now. Samuel Taylor Coolridge. Hey, what did you think? Literature Carts has a nice analysis of part one, key points. The Mariner simply... Oh, this is courtesy of Swim, Sizzle, and Fishy, of course. Um, Mariner simply starts speaking and begins the story. The false urgency of the wedding is a rather mundane celebration that will pale in comparison to the Mariner's tale. The poem uses the changing position of the sun to show the planet's orientation and vastness at once. The powerful storm and the dangerous beauty of the South Pole exhibit the essence of the romantic ideal of the sublime, something deeply transcendent or awe-inspiring. The albatross emerges from the fog, where it seems nothing should be able to live. It is both natural and supernatural. The embodiment of the sublime and means of connection with God and the natural world. The killing of the albatross is a crime against the natural world and thus against God. Also, the albatross is killed by a crossbow adding Christ-like imagery to its death. Hey. There you go. Have this baby. I'm loving your story. There you go. this? I've just palmed off a baby in the background there. Oh, it feels better. Um, Alright, well, that was part one of this epic story poem thingy part two goes like this the sun now rose upon the right out of the sea came he still hid in mist and on the left went down into the sea and the good south wind still blew behind but no sweet bird did follow nor did any day for food or play come to the mariner's hollow and i had done a hellish thing and i it would work em woe for all averred i had killed the bird that made the breeze to blow Ah, wretch, said they, the bird to slay, that made the breeze to blow. Nor dim nor red like God's own head, the glorious sun uprist. Then all averred I had killed the bird that brought the fog and mist. Twas right, said they, such birds to slay that bring the fog and mist. The fair breeze blew, the white foam flew, the furrow followed free, and were the first that ever burst into that silent sea. Down dropped the breeze, the sails dropped down, t'was sad as sad could be, and we did speak only to break the silence of the sea. All in the hot and copper sky, the bloody sun at noon, right up above the mast did stand, no bigger than the moon. Day after day, day after day, we stuck, nor breath nor motion, as idle as a painted ship upon a painted ocean. Water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink, Water, water everywhere, and on any drop to drink. The very deep did rot, O Christ, that ever this should be. Yea, slimy things did crawl with legs upon the slimy sea. About, about, in reel and rout, the fi- death fires danced at night, the water like a witch's oils burnt green and blue and white. And some in dreams assured were, or the spirit that plagued us so, nine fathom deep he had followed us from the land of mist and snow. 
and every tongue through utter drought was withered at the root. We could not speak no more, no more than if we had been choked with soot. Ah, well, a day, what evil looks had I from old and young. Instead of the cross, the albatross about my neck was hung. Beautiful. Loved it. Again, going to stop there. Um, because it's late. Oh, one of these days I'll get on top of things and we'll do a nice big marathon of episode. And it's going to be beautiful. But that is not today. Thanks for listening. Peace. See you tomorrow.